today Rohan is pissed off. He's has his hand on his head and does not want to talk. <laughs> I'm not pissed off. Just a little irritable today. Yeah. That's fair. I mean, so, it's hot as hell. It's yeah. like 105 degrees. It's hot. I'm just tired. I went on a, a hike yesterday. Mm-hmm. And I did Mount Diablo mm-hmm. in the Bay Area. And it was fun, but I realized... It's a nice, it's a nice place. I realized... When you realize you're out of shape and you're, <laughs> halfway, and you're halfway through the hike... Hiking... All right, I'm going to internalize my irritability today. This is because we enjoy podcasting and I don't want to ruin this. So, um, like hiking is crazy because if you're doing another activity, a lot of activities, you can stop and go home. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Halfway through the hike, if, you know, you're exhausted. You can't do shit about it. You can't do shit. You have to to continue. Like even when you... Finish it. Even when you get there, okay, now it's time to go down. So... Yeah. Um, but it was a fun hike. I'll definitely recommend it. It's definitely not a beginner hike. Mm-hmm. Um, but we had a good time. It was what, like eight miles? 8.5. It was only Jeez. supposed to be seven. Oh. From the campground we parked at. But the you- full hike's way longer. We started at like mid-mountain. Mm-hmm. Um, but we went the wrong way. There was a fork and we went on the other side of this hill. And then we went over the hill to make up for time. <laughs> And that first hill in the that beginning... That seems already, like, such a bad choice. Yeah, I lost, like, 25 HP just from that first hill. Damn. And then we reconnected with the trail. Did you have snacks, at least? I had one Nature Valley bar. <laughs> That's it. Bad move. And then a hell of water. But okay. that was the only snack I had. Okay, well... And I didn't eat it until we got to the top. At least you made it. <laughs> yeah. So, um, <laughs> we can now cut to the intro. We're doing a podcast. When you're doing a podcast, you don't have to be accurate you just have to talk shit and hopefully if you fuck up you correct it and it's funny and you're listening to but i'm not an expert a podcast with anoli and rohan welcome back to but But i'm I'm not not an an expert. expert that is rohan that is anoli and we're so excited to be back for another week um episode seven do we want to say that no (laughs) (laughs) okay well one time we accidentally messed up and said the wrong episode number and we uploaded it and we were so paranoid paranoid about people well not paranoid like just upset that we did that but nobody so, said anything yeah nobody, so nobody are noticed. you guys even listening yeah come to on now no, <laughs> no yeah but this is episode seven hopefully it will be actually episode seven, seven. um but yeah today's episode we're going to be talking about um a very 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 broad topic we're going to be talking about something that is either your friend or your foe Ooh. and this this and thing is very close to you and you know how they say keep your friends close and your enemies even closer closer, so but this thing is constant okay we'll just get to it (laughs) (laughs) um it's psychology we're gonna be talking about psychology and how about the brain how our brain works for us against us and also how you know our brain changes our different behaviors whether it be outward inward Mm -hmm. whatever and the things our brain does when we don't know it's what <laughs> like so there's that. my brain that was right an there not working <laughs> so what i meant to say is the things that our brain does that we have no idea that it's even doing those right you know wow, subconsciously was, yeah consciously so, okay. and subconsciously right right away let's get straight into it you okay. said subconscious right yeah. 
So the second I hear subconscious, okay, so to give a little bit of background, the only like stuff um, that I've really like learned about psychology were through a single course at Berkeley and then a, I think like maybe two or three times in like high school. And I only took one course in undergrad. I took biopsychology. Okay. Oh, well, that sounds sick. Yeah, it was, it was, it was very interesting. And we're, we are not psychologists. Yeah, not in the slightest. (laughs) We're going to be talking more about psychologists though. Yeah. And like all of their impacts on, you know, the world of science today. Um, But yeah, you said, you said subconscious and obviously the first thing that rings in my brain is Mr. Freud. Um, he, you know, Mr. Sigmund Freud was one is probably one of the biggest names in psychology. Mm-hmm. Um, whether psychologists take his theories to be fully fact or just theories um, is, I think, I think, still an argument, but mm-hmm. unclear. Um, but basically, his like basis was, um, you know, the personality theories of your id, your ego, and your superego, where um, your id is like your basic basic instincts okay your ego is how you you know um bring reality into that into those feelings and then your super ego is your like morality um so it's a really like interesting way to like dissect how the the basic uh levels of um or like all the levels of human personality how they how they show okay you know and did he say all those should be balanced for a healthy brain or did he say generally people have one of those categories that shows more than the other no so his like way of explaining it is more so like um an iceberg so this i mean this at least how i learned it i don't know if there's different ways but um basically the super ego and the id are uh the id is submerged entirely under the water which is your consciousness right and then your ego is above the water, which is your reality and how you think of it. And then your superego is partially submerged underwater. So you have like your um, conscious, your subconscious and your pre-conscious, I okay. think. And so basically these things um, act accordingly or in, in accordance to each, to each other. And, um, you know, you, may, you have certain behaviors based off of your, your id and your superego and your ego you know reacts to that kind of does that make sense yes and even though that does make sense psychologists and scientists say what only would they only understand five percent of the brain oh yeah right yeah i think it's around that number i hear repeatedly yeah so i mean it might be more now okay but that i mean i feel like the brain so think about it this way this is going to be some inception shit right here shit when you're studying the brain your brain is also learning (laughs) <laughs> you know what i'm saying yeah <laughs> so like can you imagine how much like y- you're studying how the brain works and then it is developing more so you're never really getting more than that percentage does that mean your knowledge. brain is learning about itself yeah exactly Whoa. is your brain the only thing that learns about itself i think so that's crazy Whoa. wow that's All right, crazy that's, that's ridiculous you heard it here first just kidding you've probably heard that before <laughs> um Damn. but yeah yeah it's it's an interesting i mean okay so for for me like i took the fucking intro okay to like like i don't remember what it was like psych 100 or something Mm -hmm. like that um and it it like really focused on the the develop developmental stages of childhood and how those like um those pieces of you know uh, your psychological development really affect how you grow up into a is that a certain number of years 
Yeah, so dependent, I think, like, um, the so the main two people um, were Eric Erickson and, um, and Piaget, I think. I don't remember. I think those were the two, like, main dev- child development things, but one talks about more, like, motor skills and those, like, literal, like, physical um, effects on your psyche mm-hmm. versus, like, the social effects like, on your psyche. So there's, like, if you don't end up learning like how to pick up a pencil Mm -hmm. that prevents you from learning more advanced things because so if you skip that part of your development that child will no longer be able to learn how to like um, create an opinion or things like that right so that's where it like slows down the maturity of a child or whatever and then there's the social aspect where it's like if you put a child in a very traumatic experience as a like at three three to five they're going to develop really weird like behaviors as defense mechanisms okay so so when we talk about the brain being a friend or foe what makes it a friend and what makes it a foe that's interesting yeah i mean it's different for every person sure probably oh definitely yeah but i think that when when we say foe Mm -hmm. It, it is still to protect the the person that it's in actually wow that's a good point because i watched something today it was on the dave ramsey show mm-hmm. and they were they were talking about how our brains have defense mechanisms right like built in yeah, so yeah, yeah. depending on the fight or flight reaction you right. have to a situation mm-hmm. it could be that your brain's trying to protect you yeah exactly okay so like e- either it's trying to protect you or it's just like it might not even you might not think of it as a protection right but like even anxiety sometimes right Mm -hmm. we think of it as like the general concept of anxiety is like oh shit like why am i having this i shouldn't be Mm -hmm. overthinking whatever whatever and but then that reaction is that your brain is just like not um it's when according to like the freudian principle it's like when your ego is not um using the reality principle correctly Mm -hmm. And so your, like, super ego and your id are, like, fighting. And so, like, that that anxiety is more so that your brain is trying to, like, level that out. You know what I mean? Okay. Because your, your ego in that situation didn't work. Right. So not necessarily that something's wrong with you. No. Because it's not. It's just your your brain trying to, figuring, trying to figure things out. It's like the mediator. Okay, right. Because you know? it's very complex. Because your so. mind versus your intellect versus mm-hmm. your, like, conscious versus your morality, they're all, like, constantly at odds, Man. especially in a world, like like today where there's so many things happening at all times Mm -hmm. and in your personal life in the normal world you know what i mean and so there's a lot of things at odd that at odds in your mind so your 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 brain has to protect you right and it's just insane to me how uh in biopsych this is years ago so i'm not but um, you know, we just, I remember learning about the lobes and stuff, and right, it's, right. it was insane how everything is so, or what seems to be from their studies, so designated as far as what parts of your brain hold what parts of information. Mm. You know, as you grow. So I remember one of the stories in the class was uh, this man was impaled in his head, oh shit, and something went through his brain, and he survived. But he was a completely different person after Whoa, that. Those stories are his person so asli- sick. His persona- person only. What? <laughs> what? Okay. Same thing. Anyway, that's we, we that's my brain right there for you. <laughs> Something's happening. <laughs> but or not happening. Oh yeah. <laughs> my neurons weren't firing there. <laughs> um, but his personality, his characteristics, he was a completely different person after that. He still that's remembered crazy. a little bit who he was. You know, not a little bit. He remembered who he was. And I bet you, you know, if you, if you search the story, you'll find it. Yeah. But the p- part of his brain was damaged, and a part of that brain was 
just all throughout his life his mannerisms right. and everything that he had built have changed something had uh got damaged see that's crazy because like i've heard of situations like that where they'll get impaled or or like they'll have a blunt force trauma or something yeah. where then all of a sudden they know these other languages or like oh, they like that's have entirely different personalities <laughs> oh. right so there's two different like result or i'm sure way more than two different results but like there's either them changing something physically and like mental in terms of like um knowledge right like okay. the the language is like knowledge right like how the fuck did they all of a sudden ex- like it's their brain putting together all of these things that they've heard in the past but they never knew they knew this language mm-hmm. and then there's also the personality switch which is way more psychological <laughs> so on that you want to can we talk about the movie split oh i loved this movie (laughs) and uh so that psychiatrist that the character was assigned to in the the movie before they got into the that guy you want to give a background oh yeah the movie so it's um (laughs) (laughs) okay so basically there's this dude who has multiple personality multiple personality disorder i think that's what it's called um and certain personalities are like very violent and Mm -hmm. then certain ones are like um regressive so he like becomes a child right he has those like 23 people living inside of him yeah and they're constantly fighting to get out right like he has there's meetings that happen in his brain Mm -hmm. and you know depending on like the flow of those meetings and just over time he'll be one person more often than being another person yeah for for a period of time i think there's a term for that i'm not gonna try to guess what it is yeah, but um but basically in his in this movie he has like this one really really deep scary personality that mm-hmm. comes out at very rare times yeah um and this per- this personality is like how i interpreted the movie is like representative of strictly his id so his just his basic animalistic instincts and so and in the movie it's it's so well done we sh- we're not going to talk we're more about cinema spoilers, but <laughs> spoilers, yeah, yeah but but i mean it's an old movie right true yeah. i watched it on the plane or something ah, okay but yeah basically go ahead keep going i was just going to say so the psychiatrist that he was assigned to uh, outside from his cases she also talked about other cases mm-hmm. of uh, people being able to like write down different languages at the yeah. same time mm-hmm. with so both hands yeah and one language will go from left to right and there's right. other languages that go from right to left yeah and they're writing a story like that at the same time yeah. on two sides of the page crazy and I, like you said about learning different languages after mm-hmm. going through a traumatic experience or being injured or things like that yeah and then they finally get to his case and it's kind of where the story starts the mind is but literally ridiculous. insane i just it's so it's so complex that this is what i'm saying like people who are studying the brain they're just there's more things to study every second like there's no i guess it's like the universe right but the universe inside of our minds Mm -hmm. whoa that's a sick title to something the universe inside of our minds that could be a show doesn't that sound like neil degrasse tyson yeah that could be a show (laughs) um but yeah anyway so like i mean let's go into since we're already talking about freud and like the basics of it right Mm -hmm. If we you want to talk about like experiments that have been done like uh, classical conditioning mm, okay. very nice pavlov's dog so basically in this experiment it's like where i'm just going to give a brief because i'm sure everybody knows about it mm-hmm. this is like the only thing that <laughs> people learn in like high school like i think school, yeah. um but classic conditioning is where like you associate a specific um action or sound or something to another result and so wait what happened oh nothing there's i've been classically conditioned in my life (laughs) everyone has yeah we i mean think about how often we um like i can't even give an example right now i was gonna say food but that doesn't make that's an actual like 
physiological reaction. I was going to talk about a really idiotic thing between me and my friends because we're idiots. Do it. But we, we hit each other a lot, right? Like, just <laughs> for, we're stupid. So, like, oh, depending on what friend I'm with, yeah. I know where they hit me more often. And I cover up that area when I'm near them because I know they're going to try to get me. Like, for one person, it's, you know, here, my leg, or my wrist, or they're going to try to give me a titty twister. <laughs> I just, depending on who it is, I have to be very careful. And I've blocked it so many times now. Wait, is that, is that conditioning, or is that just you d- preemptively defending yourself? Maybe. Because, okay, so... But they've conditioned me to, to preemptively defend a certain part of my well, body. But how conditioning, in that situation, yeah. what classic conditioning would actually be is that you feel the pain before they even hit you. Like, that's what conditioning would be. Okay. Um, so, because in this experiment, they would, like, ring a bell, and then the dogs would come mm-hmm. and feed the dogs. And so, at the end of the experiment, there has to they, be a ring trigger. A, they ring a bell, okay. and the dogs instantaneously start, their mouths start watering because they're expecting food. Right, right. So, okay. that's, like, the conditioning part. You skip okay. a step, Well, basically. ringing the bell could just be that when I come near that person. Right, but right. Your, your reaction can't be you... I mean, I guess it's like a form of it, but your reaction would have to be something that's almost subconscious right. or definitely subconscious. Because them not hitting me would still be part of that experiment. Yeah. But the fact that you realize that this is happening. Like I'm on alert. Yeah. It's like I, my I don't spidey senses. <laughs> my spidey senses are tingling. Maybe. Okay. Interesting. Um, so it might not exactly be the same thing. But yeah, I, you, I mean, you okay. guys get the point. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, that shit's crazy because we think about how many, t- how many ways that can be used mm-hmm. in, um, in situations that to certain people's advantages right like okay think about this right okay this is actually a literal similar example mm-hmm. in school when we would hear the lunch the lunch bell oh. ring i guarantee you all of us are like oh shit yeah true we're hungry as right. fuck because of the bell or like because you know what i mean it, it's not even necessarily time because my lunch bell sometimes ring at like 11 sometimes ring at like fucking one mm-hmm. like it wasn't even like that. sometimes you guys didn't eat lunch yeah sometimes yeah. they didn't let us Rough. they kept us starving um okay so there's another one would be like um like when my phone buzzes i instantaneously get like anxious a little bit because i don't know who it's from whatever but i'm probably expecting it to be something of importance right right? that's dopamine you're expecting a potential reward or or negative or negative yeah yeah. like it could be like i could be scared that it's going to be something but my instant my reaction is anxiety because i don't know which way so how do you keep the brain healthy so how do you exercise things. your brain crosswords <laughs> so actual <laughs> like brain actual acti- academic activity you know yeah okay but like also obviously there's like correlations to like food to brain and things like that but um so if you spend <laughs> if you spend 40 hours of a week do or more these days um doing a job that's does not require a lot of brain activity should you be doing something outside of work for sure to keep yourself active and to keep yourself like mentally sane because at that point you don't want brain atrophy right right yeah so you want to keep growing you want to keep what's the term uh neuroplasticity to keep everything keep everything like firing and connected i think i mean going off of that a little bit too like imagine how much like for me example for an oh my god an example (laughs) for me is um like how much i use excel so like my muscle my fingers are so like tuned to the shortcuts of excel on Mm -hmm. my laptop and so like that's muscle memory that is muscle memory Mm -hmm. i will sometimes randomly just do that with my fingers like when there's no keyboard in sight Mm -hmm. like nothing's happening which is like partial partially psychological and partially um 
just that muscle just wanting to do that exact mm-hmm. same motion right because it's used to it so what about that makes it makes it like why is my brain choosing to make that so um like such an like, like a, almost like a like a twitch you right. know what i mean so but here's the thing say you, okay muscle memory building muscle memory definitely uh working out your brain right right but if you get to the point where something like that becomes so natural to where you don't even have to think about it are you working out your brain or are you staying at that plateau you're probably plateauing so if i learn one song on piano and i play that same song for 40 years you're not progressing okay that's a perfect example because i was going to go into the muscle memory of artistic things like Mm -hmm. dance or music yes okay so very 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 large positives from it of course Mm -hmm. because like the the reason you train is to get muscle memory to be able to always hit you know certain techniques whatever right at all times while also thinking about the the nuances of a dance or a music piece or whatever Mm -hmm. so um you gotta like muscle memory is helping you out in terms of like it's just literally when you're also like building muscle right Mm -hmm. like lifting Mm -hmm. your muscles are getting stronger and they're used to that and and if you keep doing the same workouts every single day your muscles get used to that workout and and you don't get as good of a workout so it's always good to switch up your workout right but then so yeah so we're going back and forth with positive and negatives Mm -hmm. of it but um yeah i mean in dance we know like we have hit the same routine so many freaking times that it becomes so natural that when you're on stage all you have to do is add the little the little um nakra and the additional pieces Mm -hmm. to make it mad creative right. you know what i'm saying and it's fun to learn a new routine yes because, because your body gets now over your it. brain is like okay I'm, I'm, i have to build this muscle memory again yeah but at least there's something new like right. here here i can progress even more with yeah. more complex moves yeah that's so you know? true and like, that goes with learning you know twinkle twinkle little star on the piano mm-hmm. to learning beethoven right exactly so and and that that muscle memory that you learned in twinkle twinkle little star is going to help you learning beethoven because you're going to have that ability to you know extend your fingertips in a certain way um that helps you you know learn that other that more complex piece way quicker right so to avoid brain atrophy and increase your your um just the neuroplasticity that's the word yeah that's what <laughs> i was like what did i say earlier yeah that that uh, in part of your brain just keep progressing and not maybe you don't have to always be learning new things but make sure you're getting a, a mental workout and eat your badam so, and eat your but yeah eat your <laughs> almonds um but i mean going going a little bit back into the different experiments one of the biggest what in class that i learned uh one of the biggest experiments was milgram's experiment at yale Mm -hmm. for um and basically it was like titled destructive obedience so this one this is kind of where it takes us into a i don't know why i feel like i could relate to that term really well you don't want to just wait just wait okay um so basically this experiment is known for a lot of different reasons primarily when people started questioning the morality of doing certain experiments on on people oh never like, mind real quick so just to make my <laughs> little clear opinion clear i thought like uh destructive obedience would be uh, like you're obediently doing a task you know because you need to, so i was relating it to jobs i've had earlier in my career mm-hmm. where it's really redundant and i really feel like i'm just like atrophying yeah so no, that's I mean, what i thought and i thought of that as destructive on a microcosm that's what okay, this is but then you know yeah yeah let's but, okay, let no, me, keep going keep this going this is kind of this is very extreme basically what happened was milgram had a bunch of yale students um come into the room at different times obviously and didn't really tell them what this experiment was about because it's like whatever double or not double blind just blind 
um, which I think is not allowed anymore in most psychological experiments. Um, but he would have this person come in and then have an actor that was presented as like the authority figure and then have a shock machine. So basically in in this like role play situation they would tell um the authority figure would tell this student to shock this person who's behind the glass and that other person behind the glass was a um was an actor obviously um and they would they would you know shock them at level one and be like the and they would listen to the authority figure and be like shock them and they could see that the person is in physical pain and they wouldn't say anything and then the authority figure kept doing that at different levels and all of these levels had sections that were labeled um dangerous like like mid danger whatever whatever and so on and so forth to like death and they basically what they noticed is that these student or these people who were under the experiment because they were being told by somebody of authority to shock somebody else they would follow through every single time it consistently like people would consistently shock the person until there was like literal like either blood coming out of the person or like whatever and um basically i think only like a couple people did it when it was like way past death levels right and they and they still like listen to the person in authority and so basically the um the entire like thing was to see how um a regular human being can just listen to somebody with in a, in a position of authority um and go past their morals for that and so this this was kind of like representative and used to understand the whole nazi era mm-hmm. and to show that like how all of how all of these nazis convinced other nazis to treat the jews horribly so what is that fear of those people not carrying out those tax tasks whether it be something as serious as you know the nazis yeah. or this experiment at yeah. yale uh, what what why would they, why did they keep going like what is the fear of n- of saying no to the authoritative figure it, it's like an inherent fear that you're gonna either they're gonna turn that on you and there was no in the, the that's actually a really good point because there was no point in the experiment where they said you are not allowed to step out of the room mm-hmm. or maybe i'm wrong maybe they they said that and like obviously it's an experiment you can do whatever the fuck you want mm-hmm. but these students took it so literally right and so it's the fear of authority is one and then it's two also like the human um the human condition of just wanting to be to fit in and wanting to be not out of the like not be different or not disobey and stuff like that and so that's why it was called destructive obedience because the the like a human should not be following through on things Mm -hmm. to such a point where they're killing other human beings so our brains are literally weapons because they can be used on both sides it can be used as something great as far as you know something that's for good and you have authoritative figure and you want to you know proceed with whatever your goal is or it can be detrimental yeah based on what the goal is think about how that's used today right like they have all these kids being you know brainwashed Holy into shit. if you start a kid early enough you can raise them to you can yeah you could raise them to act any way you want right exactly right. they have i mean literally there's kids who are like turned into terrorists mm-hmm. in through isis because of because you catch they're them early scared. that they're at that point in their brain development where they're going to think things are these things are normal right and you're just programming you're programming the brain you know and you're catching it at the right time and i mean more importantly they think that this person of authority is actually somebody of authority mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. like that is such a subjective and like intangible thing that we we associate right so like that's a wow um, so with the development of the brain you have to maintain it correctly throughout the years right. as you're going up 
That's why child psychology is so important. Yeah, and you have to hope that you're being taught the correct things. I mean, think so. about think about how many times you've seen like a documentary on a serial killer, and of course they bring up their childhood their was history. traumatic as fuck, mm-hmm. and they had you know horrible parents like or they were in very like scary situations that caused their brain to develop in a certain way, where they either don't feel guilt or they don't feel emotions at all. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, I guess that kind of goes into um, that goes into mental health yeah and how important mental health is of course yeah um and how scared people are to talk about it it should be such a like everyone is mentally going through something just there's nobody who's fucking normal like what do you mean just because you don't vocalize it doesn't mean that you're perfect and it's okay to accept that you are going through something yeah you know everybody's stressed it's more than okay it's like it should be encouraged that you say that because then other people will you know feel feel better about what they're going through in terms mm-hmm. of like okay i can relate to somebody on right, this you know yeah. what i mean you can only hold things down for so long right and and it's like i mean the fact that only now is therapy becoming normalized mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it's like that should be like that is such a mature step mm-hmm. and such a like important thing that you are recognizing that something you know you're not you're not the best at your brain right. and somebody else can help you through it like that's important um but yeah, I mean, going going back to like the the you know child development and the part of your psyche, that's like from ages what like three to ten. You're yeah, probably so so malleable in the brain, right? And you have so many so many influences at all times coming at you. A lot mm-hmm. of different like um, you know like uh, stimulus, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so for for that child to be not for a child to not be brought up in a safe space where they can one understand their emotions two understand their like how to interact socially and three just understand their own like how their actions have consequences if if those things don't happen then it's such a natural like lead up into a very scary person Mm -hmm. who's not only dangerous to society but to themselves so what 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 defines being developed properly though for a child like that can be it's hard to put a finger on that well i think the one of the biggest things is parents need to make sure that children are with other children and understanding society like how social skills work and things like that so it's important for them to get exposure for sure okay and then going off of that that's where they learn little minute details about personality and about you know consequences and things like that so Mm -hmm. like okay but also by no means am i no one i'm not a parent so i don't obviously don't understand the struggles of it but all like it's like psychologically speaking Mm -hmm. these kids need to learn that if they punch a kid Mm -hmm. there's going to be a consequence and you can't just go around punching people Mm -hmm. because you feel anger you can have a different way of emoting that anger Mm -hmm. generally speaking we're child development has very specific you know points that mm -hmm. they need to hit in order to become a fully functioning adult they just just need that care you know it can get very sensitive based on the child and what what they need because brain because we're talking about the brain today because brain development is so important at those early ages you just mm-hmm. hope that people are paying attention to the behavior and then adjusting and seeing if they, they can do anything to help you know yeah. to end the development of their brain because yes. it's so important at that time so yeah and i mean it just takes a lot of care and, and and wanting to make the effort to see you know to see how they're doing so it, it's not like to a certain extent like this this particular topic gets me very like oh because mm-hmm. how can you have a child and not care about it like right. it just makes me so sad for these kids because it's not their fault that they're growing up in 
with you know their mind you know doing like feeling random ways and just not knowing how to how to properly feel a certain way Mm -hmm. um well the thing with that it's super hard to put a finger on competence as a parent as as for adults oh sure sure sure. you know what i'm saying i'm talking more so you have children yeah um but more 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 like what i'm the point i was going Mm -hmm. with is there are so many p- parents who just, you know, abandon their child and that could that doesn't mean physically abandon them. They, right. That can fully be emotionally abandon them. Mm-hmm. And kids, it's just it's just real. It really yeah. it really more than irks me. It just saddens me that right. a parent could have a child and just fucking mm-hmm. not care. Mm-hmm. But anyway, moving more toward like kind of going off of that a little bit. A big issue in our society is toxic masculinity and mm-hmm. like how men are not afraid to cry or men are afraid to show emotion because they don't want to be called a bitch or they, whatever their parents have told them like boys don't cry that kind of bullshit right so this is interesting because yeah. kids learn by watching you hell but yeah you can tell them you can talk to them all you want but if they see literally see you leading by example mm-hmm. they're gonna stick to that more so definitely if you have a son and you want your son to be respectful towards women respect the women around you mm-hmm. and you know he's he's going to you're lead, you're literally leading by example yeah and also like let me just a quick psa people may not realize but they're watching you kids are watching they you. observe they're watching fucking you every everything move. they're yeah. s- they're sponges mm-hmm. yeah so leading by example is a, is a huge thing you're on watch even though if you don't realize it yeah you know, these kids are watching you so and even like your little micro expressions everything they are fully digesting everything you do and like uh, like we say it also because we i think we can remember being that kind of kid where mm-hmm. like i've seen an adult do something and i'm like i want to like i'm gonna copy that little thing that, that they do thing. or whatever yeah. and that shit has an impact on 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 a child and because at that point the, the kid isn't fully themselves mm-hmm. yet you know what i mean they're developing themselves based off of other people and based off of experiences and that goes off siblings too mm-hmm. you know yeah big time you know um your siblings are watching you too your behavior it doesn't yeah. matter if you're a little older or a little younger you know mm-hmm. especially if you guys are living together you're, you're observing each other's behavior for sure and so. and i mean from my perspective I've, i'm the youngest sibling and i can for sure say that i have learned probably like i mean a lot of people just say that i'm a i'm a 2.0 version of my brother but just more obnoxious and loud which honestly <laughs> i can see it because i mean so many of my behaviors i've learned from him and so many and also like my my passions i've learned from uh-huh, him you know uh-huh. what i mean so like maybe that those were just coincidental that they're both the same but we've Whoa. also like grown up together in a creative household okay this be, is cool you know? so we talked about some serious stuff which was good because it was important yeah but this this is kind of fun because yeah because uh, I'd never think about this aspect that I'm about to bring up as my brain changing my behavior but you know depending on the circle of friends you grow up with mm-hmm. through high school and college and you, as you get a little older you get a little you're smarter hopefully everybody's getting a little smarter this is why they say be careful with about who you hang out with yeah and then suddenly you notice you're changing the people you hang out with oh and you're you are noticing that you are changing yeah you them? notice that like no no that you're changing the people you hang out with wait what did you say you're you saying that me. you're changing the people that you hang out yeah, with. yeah so you choose to hang out with different people as you get oh, older you're switching that you're switching i yeah. thought you meant like you were i am personally changing you oh no like your personality maybe because because i affiliate with you yeah and now i want because i'm learning and growing from you now yeah. i want to affiliate with you more sure. versus other people that i'm not growing with yeah actually yeah. this is a perfect example yeah so okay this is fun because as i've gotten older 
I want to affiliate myself more with people that I grow with. Right. That I learn things from every time I have a conversation or I hang out with them. For sure. So I think everybody has a period in their life where they're with a certain group of friends. But I'm talking about personal, mental, professional growth. Somebody that challenges you everything, also. Everything, everything, yeah. So that challenges you, makes you want to step up and, and, and become, you know, even smarter. Right. So I've met those people. I flip my hair. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, it, and then... Like middle school is a mad, impressionable, you know, stage of your life. Mm-hmm. Definitely, you know, helped me... I don't I I don't even hang out with most of those people anymore but they definitely you know kept me either on my track that I was already going on or they provided me with I guess there's also the other part where they provide me with an example of people I don't want to be you know what I mean you simply because you're learning and growing more from those people your brain is expanding you want to just spend more time with those people because like you feel like you're getting smarter as a person yeah you're like adapting to to that like crowd okay nice kind of thing okay um but yeah i mean I, that's you know college is is one of those places so where is that like your you brain saying like behind it's not talking to you like directly but it you know just in the back of your head you don't even know but it's saying like yes keep spending time yeah I in mean, this certain area because i keep learning more and more and more I think that happens with anything, though. I don't okay. think it's a good or a bad because okay. I think that even if there was a bunch of bad people and you just somehow in- enjoy that company, oh, you're going to want to stay, so even it if it's bad for ways. you. Yeah. Okay, that's a good point. I mean, that's like one of the like most like said things is like, be careful who you ha- what crowd you hang right. around with. Product like, of your environment. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Because and like I hated when people used to say that. Mm-hmm. I was just like, that's not fucking true. Like I'm not gonna change just because of the people around me. It's going, which it's is going to have an effect. Yeah, which is partially I agreed with myself a little bit there. But like now that I'm older, I can definitely tell that like certain situations would have been really bad for me. You know right. what I mean? And it's not. And it's not at all does not sh- reflect on your strength or your 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 le- moral compass nothing it's just that's how the mind works you know you just you you become who who you surround yourself with mm-hmm. um and so it is very important to hang out with people who are like you know challenging you making sure that you are focusing on yourself also and mm-hmm. like making sure that you're understanding your emotions and things like that and there's people just there's people so that many, respect you yeah and so, there's so yeah. there's so many levels of you know different different like levels of depth to friendship Mm -hmm. where you have to make sure that each part of that is getting fulfilled by whoever you're you're spending your time with and so i think it's it's really it's important and your energy is so sacred that you cannot be just you know dropping that shit on anybody and letting them be around you when they have negative impacts on you this is kind of going into a more like (laughs) like philosophical way but um but yeah you know what i mean i do and like even even going off of that a little bit more is the fact that you're you can be interested in certain things depending on what you're the crowd you're around is interested in is so crazy because you think that you have certain you know interests and passions and hobbies that come from just within you're like oh shit like that's really dope whatever but so much of that is influenced by 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 your surroundings and and that just goes to show like how much when you when you make when you create yourself you're creating yourself based off of your environment so that's like because i feel like every person whether they realize it or not they're two different people because mm-hmm. i'm talking i look at you right now and we're talking around a podcast yeah but now go into your subconscious <laughs> okay you get what i'm saying yeah 
For so, sure. you know, when I'm lo- not looking at you, I'm looking this way and I can hear you talking. I'm thinking I'm in my brain. I'm not even thinking about how mm. I'm outside. Yeah, yeah. So how do you feel about that concept about how on the surface you're you're physically doing, you know, these things and then on the surface outside you're acting a certain way. But in your subconscious, you have all these other thoughts that oh my God, once you yeah. go once you go into that then you really start thinking about who you are as a person oh for sure and i mean your subconscious is like l- can be your friend or foe as well for sure whether you feed the and it's often often what very side you many feed. it's often your foe right like it's not you know you're we're our biggest you know self-critics right that's what i was trying to get at yeah. is like you have so many you know weird like fucking insecurities in the back of your head and stuff like that that I can guarantee people around you don't really know about mm-hmm. or can even like point out like you think you uh, you put you, you're so hard on yourself mm-hmm. one one is so hard on themselves um to the point where like it's it's random things that make you uncomfortable that you watch out for and stuff like that that other people aren't even fucking focused on dude mm-hmm. like let that shit go and the, obviously so much fucking easier to say than than act on but so yeah, I mean that's part of your subconscious is so your insecurities. So when your subconscious, when your subconscious and your regular outward self become one, uh, and you're comfortable being that person around a certain group of people, then those people are your true friends. I think that's partially true. Okay. The only reason I say not entirely is I don't think anybody's ever fully their subconscious out loud. Wow. You so deep saying? down, everybody only you. 110 percent know yourself yeah and i think that people can get really close to knowing that of you and i think there's a lot of people in my life too who know me almost better than myself Mm -hmm. at times you know what i mean like they can sense that i'm feeling a certain way or whatever without me even really knowing Mm -hmm. that that's how in that moment i feel and then later on i'll be like you're right like i was fucking upset about that Mm -hmm. and the fact that you can sense that that shows that you know you've understood me on a on a different level than a lot of people mm-hmm. a lot of other people have that is very there's so many levels to that because mm-hmm. you're right i think because even with me i feel like deep deep down no one knows me better than i do yeah and i've never been fully exposed or vulnerable to that to mm-hmm. anyone in my life yeah so at the <laughs> end of the day like when you lay your head on your pillow right you're the only one that knows what's going Everything on that through you your feel. head yeah so which is why it's good to keep yourself and even sometimes you healthy. don't know it yeah and sometimes you're still learning yeah. you're still learning as you as you're getting older for the rest of your life yeah damn it's, i mean do the fucking love yourself mind. <laughs> love yourself <laughs> the fucking mind is insane like i cannot understand how there are so many levels to consciousness and to being alive Um, because even when we think of something actively, Mm -hmm. there's a passive thought behind that. There's a passive thought behind that. There's a passive thought behind that. You know what I'm saying? So like not to say like humans are the shit or anything, but is our brain... We're fucking very lucky to be humans. Right. Is our brain too strong? Fucking... Fuck if I know. For all these thoughts that we have and all these insecurities and all, you know, all this anxiety. Oh, are you saying is it, is it bad that we're, we can think this much? That we're developed this much and we have this much free time. I think it's great. To think about things like this. I think it's awesome. And that, I think that's why we can, we can dive more into learning about the world around us and stuff. Nice. But I think it's so, just so fucking important to first learn about yourself. And like, I mean, the reason, the reason that this can, I don't know, like basically what I'm trying to say is it's the importance of you understanding yourself is is massive because 
at different points of your life you are different people and whether you want to accept that or not Mm -hmm. it is fact because you're always growing it's easier if you accept it yeah there's things about me that i don't like at all that i've accepted you know like when people go like "Mm, she's changed right like shit like that like fucking good you should have changed because you've grown and you've you know become either more of yourself or or just more mature whatever more mm-hmm. grounded i think be, be who you are why would you you know yeah, why would you at any given else? moment yeah. who cares what other people think mm-hmm. you know i mean unless you're in a job interview <laughs> then then lie and during a job interview <laughs> we all know everyone becomes somebody else but hey, outside of that <laughs> what are yourself. your top three weaknesses well i'm really <laughs> perfect so that's one <laughs> I work too hard. <laughs> That's the number one thing that people say. <laughs> it's so funny. Or like, um, what's, what's another really good one? Oh, I'm a perfectionist. So like, you know, I spend a lot of time trying to make sure everything's perfect. And <laughs> the interviewer's always like, God fucking damn it. <laughs> so what is that question though? Honestly, like who's going to really answer that with anyway? Um, yeah. So, I mean, okay. Going back to a couple of, I, I just really want to talk about these experiments because I think they're okay. so like telling of how we are all one like common like our psyche is very similar to each other and like how we understand things and how we digest pieces of information is all so similar throughout the human race um, and so like the bystander effect was basically I think it, it got into um, like people started actually studying it and stuff because there was a, a murder in New York City in the 60s, early, earlier 60s. Earlier um, uh, 60s? Earlier 60s. Hi, I'm uh, Alfred James, and I'm here today to uh, talk <laughs> about string theory. Yeah, it's going to be a great time. Fucking, yeah. I hate you. <laughs> um, anyway, this if is a, a serious... If there's an Alfred James out there, I apologize. No, hit us up. <laughs> you want to be a guest? <laughs> Let's go. Um, okay, but anyway, back to being serious. Yes. Um, so Kitty was murdered in... In 64 in um, New York City on her and basically what happened is she was you know on her way up the stairs there was somebody who was like attacking her while she was trying to run into her apartment and all of the apartment door building or apartment doors of all the other units were opening up watching it happening and slowly closing it because nobody else was doing something about it so everybody's like oh somebody else will handle this somebody else will handle this that is such a common like human um, reaction to a lot of things where we're just like okay well it is an issue we recognize it's an issue we recognize that some that something can be done about it but you know it's not my place or i'm not gonna deal with that that's somebody that else will handle f- that's it that flight part of the brain coming mm. into play yeah maybe and even though it's a crazy serious situation that nobody's gonna do anything until s- f- uh, the first person goes and it's like right. okay cool I'll and then everybody will else will but because no- nobody did anything she got murdered and the attacker just you know fucking kept going and it's crazy because that you know that's like a more of like a very intense version of bystander effect but this happens constantly on a daily basis there's there's a uh, there's so many assault cases yeah of where people are seeing something happen and do and nothing they, and then they you know they're they're in the report later think and about it's it like, oh yeah so this person is a witness but they didn't do anything think about it on a way less violent level too yeah. like you say you see somebody like at, at a store right getting like somebody's like yells at them or something and you see them like verbally fighting or something nobody fucking says shit because nobody else has stood up you mm-hmm. know what i mean and like the human likes to think that they would do something about it right they they have that whole show called what would you do with Mm -hmm. um whatever his name is god damn it what's his name anyway um 
where they play out scenarios and they see if anybody does anything and there's so many cases where if one person says something then all of a sudden a group of people come by and you know help out but it has to be there's that one person is so rare to like stand up on their on their own and like i don't know man that i can't believe we're like that is the fight the fight part of our brain weak weaker than the flight part i know i think it changes depending on the person and that's why you have that one rare person that stands up you know what i mean or to them that situation triggers something very specific and they're like i relate or like i'm gonna help this person because i feel i feel for them i feel this yeah Yeah. okay um which is i don't know that's that's scary And, and it's totally like also like i we've i'm sure we've both been in situations everybody has been in a situation like that where they're like do i do intervene? am i supposed to do something do here? i say something yeah. where because you're like your your mind is battling the either negative re- reaction of some of you inter- intervening mm-hmm. or versus like am i really gonna help that kind of question you know like would my intervention really do anything and is it worth it mm-hmm. like what does that really mean is it worth it you know what i mean like trying to figure out what's worth it yeah that battle is different for everyone's brain yeah depending on what's happening you know Mhm. And I I mean like a part of that is also like the nature versus nurture question where like were you raised to intervene when something negative is happening or were you just part of like a more of a passive family or whatever, you know? And like I think there are different personalities like th- there are people who are passive that come out of very like aggressive families and then there's the opposite too, you mm-hmm. know? So like that's the nature versus nurture question is fucking wild because I think, I mean, it has to be that you're just, like, more, you can't be, I don't think you're more influenced by either. I think you're just, like, a a mixture, a little conglomerate of all of every single influence you've had with your natural instincts. It's kind of like a scale, you know, to to do or not to do, Mm, (laughs) like, the action. And then depending on that person, it's either worth it or not worth it. Yeah, true. And, I mean i mean speaking of past experiences right it's like your memories for sure play a part into that Mm. right but how much of that memory is like manufactured by your brain so memories aren't i remember learning something about how memories you're not remembering your memory every time you're recreating your memory every Uh time and over decades and decades that memory will change a little bit it won't be exactly the same for sure so your brain has to recreate what happened yeah and i i think that's crazy because so many times i personally i will remember, like remember that yeah and i'm like <laughs> was i even there you remember that yeah. but how do i remember that you know what i mean and or i'll be like I'll, I'll like be somebody has told me a story and i'm like and i repeat it with them and i'm just like how the fuck did i know that like you know what i mean like how 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 right. do i I feel like I was there, mm-hmm, that right. kind of thing. So, with like, since after you saying that, I I'm thinking like of a part of a brain where there's like a memory department, yeah, and there's a bunch of files, and yeah. as soon as you try to remember something, it's happening at light speed, yeah, and everyone's like, okay, go, where's this? 2014, where's that folder? <laughs> yeah, yeah, give me that, and everything's on fire. That reminds me of that right. di- Pixar sh- movie. And then I was gonna bring up Inside Out, Inside Out, yeah, Inside Out, out. yep, yeah, what a good the, movie. The emotions, what's up with emotions and the brain? Oh my god, okay, no, but is think it just about chemicals. That. Think about how much our memories are associated to our emotions, which are also associated to our, like a, our senses, right? Because like mm-hmm. you smell something and you're like, it triggers a fucking memory, and then that yep. memory will then trigger a specific emotion in you, right? Usually nostalgic, mm-hmm. um, or 
disgusted (laughs) but like it's so it's so common for me for anybody honestly to smell something you're like that fucking reminds me of when i was 10 years old at the park smelling this one smelling you know the the hot dog stand or something like that or to hear something or to see something of course yeah it could be sad memory yeah happy memory any type of memory like it's i cannot imagine the way that our body is connected to each other in every single way it's mind-blowing can we control our emotions though if we view it as more than like like our outward emotion yeah more than we think we can be at once we put it into the category that it might just be chemicals oh yeah like i don't really like that Mm -hmm. i don't yeah so i don't i'm not saying i don't know i'm not saying if it's like good or bad i'm just saying if someone really wants to be more emotional or be less emotional or change like their I think it's really hard emotional to change state. That. It's um, yeah, it's definitely hard. But I think there are people who can manipulate the fuck out of their emotions. Your emotions. But also those people then get put into the sociopathic category. Oh shit. <laughs> like those are the people who <laughs> imitate, you know what I mean? Like they imitate your emotions, the normal human emotions to fit in, but they're not actually having any of those so ins- chemicals. instead of trying to break through something or go around it, just kind of let it happen and let oh, it just, and let it pass. I read something recently that said um if you just honor your sadness it'll pass quicker okay yeah and i thought that was so beautiful because there's or your frustration or whatever whatever you're feeling, or sure your anger. but this is just what so it that's said. exactly what i was talking about but, Go ahead. but like i thought that was really like really beautiful just mainly because it is so common for for you know a person to just want to push through mm-hmm. and not feel that you know not sit or wallow but we have to be careful though because depending on the situation if it's happened to them in the past and if it has been negative sometimes it's better to push through it at that time but i don't sure, know sure but say. I, th- yeah. I think that you should always honor it and yeah. what what it what it means is acknowledge that it's a real feeling like a lot of okay. times like you'll feel sad and you'll be like this is stupid mm-hmm. why am i feeling sad about this whatever mm-hmm. and that's not healthy like you should it's it, better just to embrace it yeah just okay. it's okay feel sad like right. who cares right like even if you think it's for a stupid reason just sit in it for a little bit Mm -hmm. let your body feel it and and that's important because when you when you try to overstep that emotion Mm -hmm. or when you try to just and i'm speaking from experience because my number one thing that i do when i'm upset or whatever Mm -hmm. is i just fucking go either lift or run and it's just because i don't want to think about it and i want to feel like a different type of like physical physical feeling versus emotional right. you know so, what i mean and are we ignoring the inevitable right by doing you're gonna something feel like sad that. afterward anyway right. so it's better to so it's just, just in that moment embrace it. either and it's it's not and sometimes it's very healthy to cope like that because you're gonna maybe it's not the time for you to be able to embrace that you know maybe you need a time alone to be able to embrace that that feeling mm-hmm. um and that just happens later um so you're welcome thanks for coming to my therapy session (laughs) yeah no that's a good point yeah and so when i when i feel down and stuff like that i write yeah and so but i feel like writing is not for me it's not really an escape because i'm writing about how i feel Mm. so in a way that helps so i think for i also write a lot when i'm upset Mm -hmm. especially when i'm in like when i was you know i try to turn it into like a positive action yeah yeah oh for sure yeah and basically okay so when i was when i when it was not work from home Mm -hmm. i would be in an office and it's not exactly the place that you can fully emote everything Mm -hmm. right and so i would oftentimes go into the fucking bathroom and just write on my notes and just be you know feel my anger through that and write it out 
And I think the reason that that's helpful, because it feels like you're talking to somebody without having to say the words. And when you write, for me at least. It's just one of the things. I don't say, I'm not, I don't want to say it's the only thing I do. Oh, for sure. Like, nobody does just friends, one thing. things. I yeah. get distracted by an activity. Yeah. Or, you know, there's a bunch of aspects to it. I don't think people should um, focus it into just one thing. Because then if you're only doing that one thing every time to get out of everything, that kind of might be your escape. Oh, yeah, you know, for sure. So and I think and also each emotion probably has a different, you know, way that you react and or like way that you cope or whatever. Mm-hmm. But when you write, it feels like you're talking to somebody without having to express everything correctly. You know what I mean? No. Yeah. I it's very hard to say certain things. And it's it, it's it almost causes more anxiety to be able to make sure that you say something correctly. But when you write it, you can just you can just fucking flow and it's it's dope do you ever appreciate like your internal struggles like your internal victories Uh, and like of course there's things that you need to go to your friends for help with but there's a lot of things that i personally um i'm not trying to be hard ass but like so i figure out things on my own right yeah and then like just feeling proud of myself like damn like yeah like good job being an adult and being mature and and just using your past experiences and what you've learned to get through this like yeah definitely yo hell yeah you know what i'm saying i think that's so important and i think that definitely like it makes you like learn from that situation even more because you yourself have you know you pulled something out from some some other experience and you Mm -hmm. just added it to right now and it's it it was a lesson that you know you actually used yeah and i'm i'm in no way at all saying do not express your emotions because you know for sure yeah i need my friends and family and you know there's people that are very important to me but just as a as a random just thought that i had about internal struggles and internal victories and like just giving yourself a pat on the back here and there and just knowing that you know like you're gonna be okay and like obviously there's so many so many routes you can take for so many different versions of emotion right we think like happy sad anger like those are like your main whatever mm-hmm. but there's so many nuances yeah, to yeah. each of those yeah to all of them um and the brain does a really like fucking weird thing every uh-huh. single time and it's it's not always the same thing you don't always react the same and when you don't react the same that's either you've learned something from the from the past time you've felt that way mm-hmm. or you just have decide like your your um ability to you know defend yourself has or protect yourself has gotten better right man this has been exhausting on my brain (laughs) thinking (laughs) about my brain because my brain the whole time is thinking think about that about the brain which is in my head and right now we're talking about my brain it's like uh, right now you're thinking about your brain thinking about your brain thinking about your brain thinking uh, about your brain it's like those those mirror rooms that where the reflection just goes in layers and it goes on forever inception is real in my head Anyway, thank you so much for listening through this mad complex (laughs) podcast. Sorry if we gave you a headache. Yeah, also, like, (laughs) you're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) No, but thank you so much. Uh, We really appreciate all of our listeners, and um, we hope that you enjoyed this episode. But we wanted to also, again, shout out our monthly supporters, and we so very much appreciate that. Again, uh, we're very happy because every week we have interaction from the audience, so please do not stop if you have any questions or want to go more into a topic with us or you have topic ideas feel free to reach out leave it in a review yeah let us know pretend those reviews are comments and we'll we'll read all of them them. um but yeah please rate review and subscribe so you can keep up with when we're posting and you know keep this keep this thing going going okay well 
thank you so much go watch split if you haven't seen it yes true and keep your brain healthy eat badam eat that is almonds. how we are signing that's, out that's how we're signing out bye, bye.